Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, folks, and welcome to Sure To Be Grand, a podcast of two Irish gobshites reviewing movies and giving you our unwanted opinion. I am Dan. This is Owen. Say hello, Owen. Hello, Owen. Very good. That joke will not get tired that we've done now about three or four times. Um, and we are the aforementioned two gobshites. Uh, you know, this week, we're going to review one of our favorites, I think. So this is one of the few times where we actually have watched the movie ourselves and enjoyed it, you know? And this week's movie is The Last Samurai from 2003. It's 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Long Isn't ago, that man. insanity? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I don't know. Yes and no. I mean, did you think it was more recent? Yeah, I always do though. Like any movie I've watched as a teenager, I always think, oh yeah, everything. Like, yeah, a few years ago there. there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'm was thirty, but I still think like, ah, oh, sure, that was like yeah. five years ago. That's I guess I was like eleven when it came out, though. So yeah, I suppose so. I would probably been about twelve or thirteen. Um, but yeah, I watched uh, it look, for the. F- I watched it for the first time on a bootleg DVD that I bought at a car boot sale. Ah. <laughs> oh. Uh, that's that's a real traditional <laughs> Irish thing to go through, isn't it? Yeah. Buying a whole bunch of bootleg DVDs. Yeah, I bought like, I remember it, I bought like 10 crappy bootleg DVDs at the car boot yeah. sale and then I pretended to be sick so I could take a day off school and I stayed in bed and watched like five of them. <laughs> One of them was the it's last hour. It's that you like movies um, later on in your life. Strange that, isn't it? It's weird, yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> anyway, uh, look, the movie was directed by Edward Swick. Um, that's a strange name. Um, I'm sure it's fine. Anyway, <laughs> the writers um, are John Logan, the story, and John Logan also wrote the screenplay. Stars are Tom Cruise, Kent Watanabe, and Billy Connolly. Though I, I, they kind of put these as like the major actors, and Billy Connolly is not really in it for that long. No, you he's know? barely in it. Like uh, Hiroki Sanada is in it more than he is. Yeah, I suppose that they were just trying to get the attention of stardom and that kind of stuff. I guess Billy Connolly um, d- was a big name in 2003. I mean, I, I, yes, I would say so. Very much so. <laughs> is, is, are you trying to dispute that? I don't know. I I don't know, to be honest. I don't <laughs> Did know. you not follow Billy Connolly's career? <laughs> How dare you? Sorry. Anyway. I apologize to Billy Connolly. Yes, um, who is a treasure. But anyway, Ken Watanabe, um, I was surprised this was his first um, English movie, or English-speaking movie, and the first time he spoke English in a movie as well. Um, for some reason, because just because you see him in so many movies, you see him like in Batman Begins, um, you know, he's in, in, in all the Godzilla movies or something. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, say again? Godzilla. Yeah, um, I didn't say that, folks. He's also an Inception, and you know, you 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 know his face, like if you didn't know his name. Yeah, yeah he's also a fantastic actor. Yeah, absolutely. He's also in 
I forgot he's in Detective Pikachu. He is. He's, yeah. he's a lieutenant in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's mad. Um, he was in Transformers uh, the last night. I don't think I watched that. I don't think yeah, so. You're better off. He well, was in Age of Extinction as well. Oh, he plays the some guy. He plays Rift. one of um, the one of the Decepticons. Oh no, actually, is it one of the? It's the Samurai Transformer. I'd say. Oh, so it's the kind of <laughs> racist one. I'm I'm assuming. <laughs> Maybe I'm being yeah. racist in assuming Maybe that. Maybe you're the racist one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the makers of the Transformers say, no, no, it, it doesn't easy throw people down. down. Yeah, we're gonna we have believe play, in Ken's acting. And then there's cause oh, I bet he's the samurai Transformer. Yeah, I, I bet he's the samurai. <laughs> anyway, in any case, <laughs> that last night is not... It's better than the Age of Extinction, slightly. I We watched the Age of Extinction um, <laughs> when we lived together in Carlow, didn't we? We yeah we did that was Age of Extinction that was the longest it's a like two and a half hour movie it felt like ten hours. The thing is, we were so bloody lucky because someone came in, um, a roommate's friend who was drinking butchin all day, so that was far more entertaining than watching an actual movie. Yeah, he thought that my my course in film production meant that I was learning how to build televisions. Yeah, um, you know, which of course you did, you know. <laughs> Naturally, and then yeah. we met, um, you know, we saw uh, someone from back from school. But that's that's beside the point. That's just a little bit of chit chat for everyone. You know, this movie has has, you know, it's the start of a lot of sort of, um, you know, Eastern actors kind of getting their first kind of footprint in the West, and yeah, the Last Samurai, or as some people like to call it, the first Weeaboo, when they misunderstand that The Last Samurai, the name is actually plural. It, it's nothing to do with, um, you know, Tom Cruise at all. He, he's more of a bystander. He's a, he, 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 he perceives the, what The Last Samurai were up to in their dwindling years. And, that, and that's a probably why a lot of people see this movie as a little bit of, of a um, white savior movie. Even I, though it's not that. I think that, yes, like, Tom Cruise is not the last samurai of the title of the movie. But it yeah. it is, I mean, it's hard not to, especially in the, the first, the opening scenes of the movie, it's very hard not to see parallels between this and something like Dances with Wolves or... Yeah. But really, beyond that, it's not. Because it, it, it just, the samurai kind of raised him back up like they are the heroes for his life because um i suppose we should get um into the plot before we go into that so shall we start that section of our lovely podcast yeah okay um so the last time right um it's the story of um you know nathan algren algren was it algren Algren. Algren, sorry, American. I didn't put the y'all yeah. we into would, it. We would probably, if it was, we'd probably say Algren. He's Captain Nathan Algren. Yeah, Captain Nathan Algren. And he was um, in charge of running attacks under General Custer. Not General Custard, in case there's someone out there who for years thought it was General Custard. Who might um, that have been? Yeah, who who um, might have been indeed, but anyway, yeah. Um, and he was in charge of running a lot of campaigns on um Native American um nations, 
wiping them out, expanding the U.S.'s power. That was basically his job. He was there, for lack of a better word, to terminate a race of people, get them out of the way. Yeah, well, you he know? wasn't in charge. Yeah, are you, but he... Are you he, talking about he Custer? He was obviously hired to do it. Like, he was part of that army, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Na- yeah, all Cap- yeah, yeah, Tom Cruise's character, yeah, Captain... Captain yeah, Aldrin yeah. fought against... Yeah. The Red Menace. Yeah, the Red Menace, as I said. Um, but look, we come... And it, this is all set in Fra- San Francisco originally. Not the entire movie, obviously. That'd be weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's set in San Francisco, and it's one of those... It almost feels like the like, war bonds shows where like they get some hero who has been on the front line and they'll talk him up and then you know they'll get him to sell bonds. In this case, it's a gun manufacturer. Um, I, what's the gun's name? Do you remember? Oh, uh, it was, is it a? It's a Colt bolt action rifle, I think. Oh, very good, very very good. I, anyway. I think I'm just assuming. Yeah, I'm, that may be incorrect, yeah. but it's it's like. They're selling it as the first like yeah. lever bolt action rifle that yeah, like, which freed the West that kind of yeah, thing. essentially. Yeah. And yeah, we see um, Tom Cruise character Nathan just kind of com- he's backstage and he's completely drunk. It comes very apparent very quickly that his character is struggling with PTSD. Yeah, big time. He's big big time he is self-medicating himself of alcohol he hates his existence he hates his life at first he comes out onto the show and he's quite whimsical and fun and people are like ha ha nice one and they said and he looks like a boy said do you ever see what this gun could do to a man i could shoot a hole six inches wide in your daddy and people yeah. are going oh oh gasp <laughs> oh no guns well, can do yeah, that all the women oh, in the dear. audience feel faint and all of a sudden yeah yeah <laughs> uh you know he kind of basically gets fired but he gets invited to by his previous colonel colonel bagley was it colonel bagley yeah bagley and billy conley uh, billy conley is as always just billy conley in every movie he's in he's smiling and laughing at Tom Cruise um, terrorizing the audience. Except this time, um, he's an Irishman. Yeah, which doesn't really show. <laughs> Let's be fucking fair it's, here. It's yeah, yeah. He's I mean, Billy Connie's voice. Like, come on. He is. There's like initially there's a there's a couple of instances where like before it's kind of before they flat out really say he's Irish. Like I yeah. I thought is he is he doing an Irish accent? Is he is that what's going on here? Because it was. Bits of it. it. It wasn't his full Scottishness. Like no. it was clearly something. But that could have just been different. Like, but it was like last week we were talking about that. That could just be the oh, let's calm down the accent a bit so people don't understand. Yeah. That. No, I think he was attempting an accent, but he's Billy Connolly, and his accent, his own personal accent, is way too strong for him to change yeah. that much. It's, you know, <laughs> he's, and I mean, he's that's very a, Scottish. I mean, that's a question as well. Um, you know, when okay, obviously. To us, the Scottish accent is quite different to an Irish accent. But to say that they're not familiar is a bit facetious, I think. So I wonder, um, is it harder to like imitate an accent that's close to yours or an accent that's really far away from yours? Um, it's it's harder. It's like it's harder to imitate an accent that's a lot further from yours correctly. And get everything yeah. about it right, and get all. But the, people like, understand small, what you mean when you do that. Yeah, accent. I mean, they can like, see the difference. We can, like, we can do a, a, a horrible, like, heavily thick French accent, 
and people will probably go. Oh, How do you say you know, uh, new yeah. one People will say, "Oh, he's doing a French accent," but like yeah. we won't be getting it right exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not French. You know? per- every French person ever has gone. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, like, wait. Oh, what the fuck? fuck? I suppose um, yeah, that's that's not what we sound like. But you know, if, if <laughs> yeah. we were t- if we were imitating a a Belfast accent, it's easier for us yeah. to get it more correct. I would say, yeah. unless you're Jamie Dornan. Uh, yeah, hmm, hmm. <laughs> Listen to our podcast from last week, folks, to understand that. Anyway, uh, or just know things in general living in Ireland. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so, you know, he gets brought in front and there is this representative of the Japanese government. They want more and more industrialization from the West to become a more powerful country because they're, they fear that they'll lag behind. Because... Um, historically speaking, Japan was quite um, exclusionary. They, like they stayed on their island, didn't let anyone in or out. I think the only people that they kind of talked to were the Dutch for about three hundred years, something along yeah. the lines of that. They, tra- they traded uh, with the Dutch. Yeah, and it they was... probably did technology stuff here and there, but like really, like Japan was cut off. It was a, it like I was listening to someone else talking about it when like big boats started arriving to Japan, it would have been the equivalent to us watching Independence Day and seeing the aliens arrive. Like, that's how big of a cultural shock it would have been to them, like, which is mad. Very interesting. But, um, yeah, yeah, it would have been like, it would have been like the, it would have been like Columbus's armada arriving in, like, South America. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, very similar. Which was the the same, but like, what, 400 years previous? (laughs) So that's yeah, how like and, behind ja- Japan was. Yeah, but here's the thing: like, um, you will, f- will find lots of similarities between Native Americans and Japanese people throughout this. There's a lot of like, you know, the West coming, colonization, industrialization, how that culture has to change in a big way from an outside force. Like that's that's a big theme of this movie, and I suppose that's why a lot of people um mix um kind of compare it to Dancing with Wolves as well. Like, obviously not the same culture. But um, same sort of Yeah, it's not. And I, I think in this, I think it's like Japan Japan forced the changes on themselves as well. You know, Through necessity, the, they kind of had yeah, to. They had to, yeah, but they, yeah, they yeah. knew they had to. They like yeah, yeah. Uh, Most of Japan knew they had yeah. to change. <laughs> Otherwise, it wouldn't be great. You know. Actually, they all took it on very nicely. Um, the last samurai, they're all okay. Yeah, they're all fine now. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, they make a deal saying, hey, look, you come over, teach our um, civilians how to become an army like the West and all that kind of stuff, which is a bit silly. Historically speaking, they were already very well trained. But, you know, we go beyond that. We find out that there is this small uh, samurai group and um, they're living in the mountains. And, you know, they're hiring Nathan Algren to go out there and basically train the army to wipe out these samurai. Because these samurai are traditionalists. They don't want trains to go through their countryside. They're against the idea of losing what they are of the past for this new industrialized money future, right? Yeah, they're afraid um, that Japan is changing too quickly and they're losing their sense of self and what makes and them And they did change Japanese. dramatically quickly. Like, they did. A, I mean, you yeah. know, they, they achieved 300 years of industrial revolution in like 20 years. And didn't even say like oh we like they built a train forty kilometers wide in like two years like which is a huge mm, thing for yeah, the time like they did it they are yeah. Japanese yeah 
Um, but okay. <laughs> That's a weird thing. Yeah, the Japanese. Uh, are they very good at making train tracks? Is it? They're very good at um, making things in general. Yeah, okay, yeah. They're they're a very dedicated uh, workforce and very um, in self-control. Um, unlike us, who's like, ah, sure, we can do it tomorrow, lads. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, yes. Um, so, you know, he gets, you know, hired and Aldrin kind of realizes this is not a black and white thing. This is not just us versus them because um, they're... They're generals in the army that he's um, training that are samurai themselves, that have fought alongside this general far off in the, you know, the countryside, uh, Katsumoto, I should say, instead of just saying, keep saying samurai. Um, yeah, but uh, he, he hired, and eventually um, Colonel Bagley comes along and says, hey, there's been sightings, we want you to go out there and fight, and, um, you know, Nathan Alderman said, no, 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 can't do that, they're not ready yet, and eventually they just force him anyway. And this is really, this really gorgeous um, battle scene in the forests, in the fog. Mm-hmm. It's cinematically really, really impressive, like. And, you know, you see this kind of army that aren't really an army yet, kind of shooting once and then getting scared and, like, trying to reload these guns, which probably take about 10 bloody minutes to reload. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. The, the Japanese, they don't have the Colt bolt action rifle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They have like one shot powder reload, like yeah, American war of independence guns. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But don't we start seeing like these, you know, samurais coming out from the woods on horseback, the fog slowly revealing them. It's, it's cinematically beautiful but you know they're coming out and they just tear apart the army billy Connolly gets stabbed in the heart um and that's him for the rest of the movie that's really. the it's the end of him yeah he's a completely pointless character yeah they could have just had um just literally anyway it could have just been like uh bagley going yeah, literally hey. anyone he didn't yeah. need to be in the movie at all i'm yeah uh, i don't know why he's there but yeah he yeah. is well, and now he's someone not. irish he wasn't irish <laughs> you know um <laughs> but yeah anyway uh, so the, they get wiped out, and look, Tom Cruise's character is in the middle of like a circle of samurai. He's fighting them off, and he he is a truly a warrior. You know that kind of feel we get there because even uh, Katsumoto sees him, and he suddenly remembers his dream that he had a few days before, where he sees this white tiger, you know, stabbing people and and attacking people and biting people and fighting in a circle. And he suddenly sees that Tom Cruise ho- is holding a flag of a white tiger on the flag. So it's like premonition. It's the only time like that kind of thing comes up in this. For all the rest of the movie, it's just a very straightforward, non-mystical movie. But for some reason, they had to have the main it, general guy have a vision of this. It comes up at the end. How, During the final mean? battle, when, yeah. uh, to spoiler, the <laughs> end of The Last Samurai, uh, when Katsumoto is dying. He has yeah. a vision of the perfect blossom, which oh, he mentioned. I didn't earlier. see that as a vision. I thought that was just a blossom tree in the background he finally saw. No, no, that was him seeing that as he died because he had mentioned it earlier that spending your whole yeah, life. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just assumed that the, actually that was just coincidentally a blossom tree. Okay. That's oh, yeah. Good yeah. To know. <laughs> no, that <laughs> oh, was like, shit. That's a blossom tree. Yeah, that's what I he saw really as he nice. died. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, 
So, um, you know, eventually um, this guy comes up and he's about to kill Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise, um, as I imagine Tom Cruise would react in real life, picks up like a sharpened stick or like a shaft of some weapon and stabs him in the throat. And samurai honor being as it is, um, they don't kill him. And they take him back to the village where Katsumoto's um, residency is and where he rules as, you know, what we would say, like, you know, feudal lord, really. Yeah, that's essentially and, what they were. Yeah, uh, weirdly, and again, this is, you know, different cultural things. Um, the, the people that look after him are actually the people, um, the family of the man he killed, you know, so his kids and his wife. And they look after him because it's, you know, they say it was an honorable death and all this kind of stuff. And honestly, I think the wife has issues at first. She's not a big fan of him. Um, that changes, uh, weirdly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, and look, honestly, for the longest time, it's just Tom Cruise kind of um, going cold turkey from alcohol and, like, um, not having a great time because he has wounds and he's... Um, can't drink sake properly because he's lying down the whole time and he spills all over his face. Um, <laughs> he's he's not having a good time. And, you know, at first he's just frustrated with these people. How, can, But, you know, you know, slowly these things change. He sees how each person is polite. They smile, they nod to each other and all that kind of stuff. And they dedicate their uh, life. Whatever they do, they dedicate it to perfection. They want to get it perfect. And he, he appreciates that. And he, you know, eventually he warms up to the villagers, the villagers warm up to him. He kind of returns to Japan. He returns to Tokyo at one stage and, you know, trying to talk to the um, emperor and say, like, hey, remember the past, be cool. And obviously the emperor, he's a, he's a young man. He's, what, 19, 20 or something? Yeah, he's young. Yeah, he's, he's just barely an adult, like, and a terrible goatee. Holy crap. But, um, yeah, um, so, and he obviously looks up to um, Katsumoto as a kind of teacher, but Katsumoto is all wrapped up in tradition, so he can't, he can't really give him advice. He's just like, uh, I can't, you're the emperor, you're enlightened, you're basically a fucking god. <laughs> you're a living a, god, whatever you yeah. say goes. Like, if you yeah. tell me to die, I'll do it right now. Yeah, yeah, he, because that's the thing, they make a big point that, Katsumoto's not against the emperor at all. He serves no. the emperor. Yeah, he believes he's what he's doing is in service of Japan and of the emperor. Yeah. Like, if if the emperor said, hey, no, everyone in the village, uh, kill yourselves, they'll do it. They, yeah. They're not going against the emperor at all. Well, no quiet, well the samurai will do it. Yeah. The, the, the regular citizens, I don't think. Will. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like if the god emperor said, kill yourselves, they'd probably go, okay. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. But that's the thing we, we see. Um, uh, that's the worst thing now. I can't remember the actual tradition of um, organized suicide because I've just heard the joke Sudoku so much, like committing Sudoku. I don't remember the original actual one. But, you know, they have this ritual suicide um harry carry and we, say again harry carry is yeah it could be i don't know i'm terrible sorry folks um but yeah um you know we see the generals committing that and all kinds of thing um after the battle and like Owen and i were talking I was like imagine the like the force of will for that 
I just, I just, I just probably nick my stomach and just say, yeah, ah, yeah, you can chop my head off now. Go on. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's called, it's either called seppuku or oh, har- seppuku, or that's, that's what harikiri, which is yeah. the uh, Japanese ritual suicide by disembowelment. Yeah, yeah, um, so that's rough, buddy. Yeah, but, you know, no, I wouldn't. I would not have the 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 strength of person to be able to no. to do that, no matter who was telling me to do it. I don't care if you're a god emperor, man. You're just going to have to do it for me because I can't. That's the thing. Like, like chop off my head. Fair enough. You do it. That's okay. But I can't do this no, to myself. I can't do it to myself. <laughs> I can't, I can't, like, I can't hit myself hard enough to cause pain. I, there's no way I could just <laughs> ram a sword through my belly. <laughs> You'd be trying and the knife would just, like, you automatically shift your hand so your knife yeah, goes past you. Thing, whoa, I wouldn't be able whoa. to make myself do it. And it's not even a quick death. Like, it's... No. You, it's... Hurts and you, like, you stabbed you, in the guts. You die slowly, so it's yeah, yeah. And that's what, because the main thing that came up is like, geez, like imagine practicing for that because surely they must practice a little bit, like, like even just getting like a blunt stick or something and punching themselves in the gut, like, surely you because that's the kind of thing you can't just like do on the whim. You know, I don't know. It's weird. Let's not talk about um ritual suicide. That's weird. Um. Oh, I mean, honourable. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll place a trigger warning before the start of that passage. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um. So you know, they kind of would tell um all grown out. Yeah, you, you're off on your way now. You were only a prisoner of war. It's fine. Go on your way. And all grown is just like, fuck no, they're gonna kill Katsumoto. I'm gonna go and help him. And he joins the samurai. And this this big battle in the house, I guess they rented for the weekend or own in J- Tokyo. I'm not sure. And this big, massive. Yeah, it's it's Kasumoto's like villa or whatever. Yeah, the hell in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's a big, massive battle of um some ninjas arriving. Well, probably yeah. samurais themselves. He's been he's Katsumoto and the samurai have been placed under house arrest because the council, who have been kind of like manipulating the emperor into doing what they want, have passed laws outlawing the samurai and saying that they can't carry their swords anymore and all this kind of stuff. And Katsumoto was like, nah, I will only drop my, I will only stop wearing my sword if the emperor personally tells me to do it. And the emperor hasn't got the balls to tell him. No, he's just like, looks down. No. (laughs) Anyway. I'm only a little boy. Yeah, <laughs> please. This cultural thing is really yeah. hard on me. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening most of the time. Just let me be. <laughs> Why don't I have more actual good advisors around me? What's going on? <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. Um, you know, and Tom Cruise goes in to help him, and they fight their way out, and they escape off into the countryside again. And Tom Cruise's character Nathan Algren basically joins the samurai at this stage. Um, he says he will fight for them because he is now. Be- gotten to the point where he loves where he was mm-hmm. like where the people were like that's his home that's where he's been rehealed and become better you know he, he's he's basically rediscovered his honor and will to live and it's it's very it's to be honest it emotionally hits really really well like obviously this 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 guy who's suffered from terrible ptsd about the wrongs he's done in the past and they are terrible wrongs he's done like and it is on his hands at the end of the day um, but, um, Kazi, your camera's gone off. Yeah, I know. Just keep going. Sorry. Um, you know, and, you know, there is, he's trying to deal with his past and these people have kind of, um, 
brought back his um, well-being, mentally speaking. And, you know, they, they all prepare for war. Um, I've had some um, choice words to say about um, <laughs> when they were preparing for war because it's like this little village and, you know, they're all, like, rushing to get things done and there's just one lad who's just etching the sword and it's just like, look, can wait till after, no? I, I know you think, like, there's a soul inside your sword, but fuck, there's a giant army coming along. Ah, um, <clears throat> distraction tactics. What he, he actually etched into the sword was something like your mother's a hoe or something. <laughs> Just so when they're like charging towards it, they'll even if there's a brief flicker of the enemy trying to read what's on the sword, that's an advantage for them. That, they <laughs> the, the sun reflects on the blade and then just projects it on the grass in big writing. Yeah, that's yeah, it's a <laughs> clever, clever war tactic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so it's it's an interest, a very interesting battle because it's um, Japan's new traditional army uh, tactics that they were borrowed from the Americans versus the very old school samurai. So, yeah, who you know, have borrowed their w- current tactics from Zack Snyder's Three Hundred. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, they make a good point. Like they they say this whole thing that hey, um, you know these people still wear armor. And they go, yeah, but these people also dedicated themselves to their warcraft for the last 900 years. Like, the samurai, like, there's this idea of old war stuff where it's all you just run at each other and there's no tactics involved at all. No, like, there's plenty of tactics involved in old, you know, war things. It's just, it doesn't really hold up to a lot of conventional, like, guns. Um, A lot of their tactics were rendered obsolete. By yeah, the fact that they, we have guns now. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were still like extremely intelligent tactics. It's just they don't really mean much anymore. Um, but they work around it. You know, they they hide behind a hill so they can't be shot at directly. And they set fire traps. Um, they have bamboo traps up. They shoot them down with arrows from behind moats and all kinds of. And they do have a do a fairly job at defending themselves for a while. And, I mean, they're still. They make a big point. They are completely outmatched. Yeah, really. they're they're all fully aware that they're never they're not going to win this fight. Yeah. It's not that's not the point for them. It's they're yeah. they're this is their last stand, and they're they're willing. They want to earn their warriors' death and go out as samurai. Exactly, and there's an interesting part where um, Tom Cruise's character tells the story of the three hundred, and we all know three hundred. You know, ancient. Greek story and he says it to Katsumoto and like just before they go into for the last battle Katsumoto goes like how did they do the last 300 and Tom Cruise just goes like each and one yeah. died to the death and Katsumoto is just like hell yeah Ma- <laughs> fuck were, yes yeah, massacred to the last man yeah Katsumoto's like and he's like, completely yeah, for yeah. because he was like yeah f- I mean it's honourable <laughs> like you know it's all you had to say Tom <laughs> I'm down <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, so you know, the the last scene in the battle is gorgeous. It's mostly just Katsumoto and Nathan Algren. Um and you know, they're both shot to bits, they've been stabbed to bits, and it's very much um Katsumoto's um last breath. And he asks um Nathan Algren to help him commit suicide, but ritual suicide in the middle of the battlefield. And yeah, he does, and they've been riddled with bullets because the the Japanese 
army have guns. now have. Well, they now have machine guns or like yeah, you know, the, the old rotary ones where you like like yeah, pull the handle on it. Yeah, two hundred rounds a minute, bit job, and they all get yeah. decimated by it. And so there's one fella who's just standing there for like ten minutes, just shaking as the fucking bullets are just rippling into him. It's just like whoa. Um, but yeah, it's this um, beautiful scene. Uh, he sees um, cherry blossom, uh, which is a nod back to earlier in the movie where he says, you know, you could look for the perfect cherry blossom every day of your life and it'll be a life worth living for and he find, in his vision he sees a cherry blossom because he thinks it's a vision Owen thinks it's a vision um, I'm not so sure it's a vision I thought it was just in the background but no I it's it definitely a nice a happenstance it's 100% a vision it's, they cut they like hard cut to it from okay. Katsumoto and it's the it's an image of the the tree that he was standing in front of like yeah. basically fair enough and then he looks at Tom Cruise and says they're all perfect and yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's yeah. his last, it's his death vision. Yeah. It's his, he's earned his perfect yeah. death. He's found the perfect yeah. blossom. Exactly. Um, the enemy army at this stage kind of sees how much these warriors are fighting with honor, and kind of going against the major general, they all kind of bow and prop, um, like you know, go on the ground to bow towards these samurai, their enemies, as a, this is still part of our history. We might want to move on, but this is still important to us. You know, I think that's the major element that kind of gets portrayed by this new industrialized army. And to be fair, that's kind of how Japan took it on as well. They, they took a lot of the honor and working for your fellow man from the samurai caste and made part of their national identity afterwards. Like, to say that the samurai and the ideas was just completely evaporated is not correct, and we see it in this scene. Like, um, and at, by the end, you know, we um back to the emperor. He's like about to, you know, sign the deal to say, yeah, Americans come in and do trains and stuff and all the other kind of stuff. Yeah, cool. And Tom Cruise's character comes along and he brings Katsumoto's sword to the emperor to give it to him, and says he has, you know, he fought for you to this dying breath, and. The emperor kind of takes a second stance of and he goes like, "No, like we have to remember our past. We can't just, you know, sacrifice it all because that's who we are." And he tells the American to, uh, "On your way, uh, you know, go away." And he does, and he's very angry and all that kind of stuff. And you know, a lovely last scene where he says like, "Tell me how Katsumoto died," and Nathan Algren goes, "I will tell you how he lived," and he. Like, even saying that now, I can kind of feel like it that running up the back of my neck, that sort of a emotion tingle thing. But yeah, it's that's I think this is the most I've gone into a movie when we summarized it. But yeah, it's a really <clears throat> excellent yeah. movie. Like, I was just about to say, yeah, you can, yeah. you can, you can hear your admiration for the film. Yeah, it's it's no, it's a really excellent movie. Um, it's always been, I guess it just made an impression on me when I watched it first when I was 13, 14 years old, like, and yeah, it's it's one of those movies I wish there were more of. It's, it's kind of in the same vein as movies like Gladiator, movies that don't really get made that much anymore, I think. No, it, like, when this came out in 2003, like, there was a period in, like, the late 90s to early 2000s where there was so many of these, like, large-scale historical epics 
being yeah. thrown around and it was like this one gladiator master and commander troy like kingdom yeah. of heaven even like we must watch the master and commanders actually maybe I haven't watched yet and i really do want to watch it uh it's good it's very very long but it's good um Not sure. but yeah this is it's they don't get made so much anymore they're we've kind of action I movies now are all just fast cars I'm, and women. i think it's also because i suppose all those movies kind of like rose tinted views on um, groups and cultures at that stage, like warriors, and it was always like, oh yeah, that was honorable and cool and that kind of stuff. Whereas now, you know, we're more and more in the zeitgeist of things. People have become aware of colonization and that kind of thing, and like the negatives of it and the realities of you know humanity's past. Yeah, we just want to see squeaky clean. We just want to see. Cars fight superheroes, man. That's all. Yeah, but in a way, Care. because it's we can have those epics with transformers because they're not humans. You know, no, it doesn't we can't go to the back to the transformers. Yeah, actually, Optimus Prime was a massive racist. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, probably, um, but yeah, probably that's, was. Um, the Last <laughs> Samurai. Um, I suppose we should go into the three things we liked and disliked that we never really matched the three things too, but just kind of go on spot. <laughs> We shall strike a balance between culture and fun. For me, it's going to probably be a bit tricky to say things I dislike. But was that with you? Uh, three things you liked? On uh, three things I liked. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess we touched on it earlier a small bit. Like this is a movie that uh, I guess when you first start watching it, and for the the opening, uh, I guess twenty or so minutes, it, it feels like it's going to be a white savior. You know, white man comes to save the savages, sort of thing. But then yeah. it's it's not that, and I, like, it doesn't f- kind of fall victim to that trope. It's much more of just kind of an appreciation for uh, a foreign culture than it is to the than it is like Nathan Algren comes to save the Japanese kind of thing. Yeah, you know, um, that's the thing I was just saying. Um, they raise him back up. They were his yeah, saviors but it's, rather than the other way around. He's, he's just kind of a witness to to yeah. a, a moment in history as well that's um, a really interesting story. I think yeah. that, for me, you could take him out of this story and still tell it more or less the same way. Like, he, yeah. Nathan Algren... I, like, I understand... He, he kind of is in the... He's in the movie as a tool to, to get... Western audiences in to watch mm-hmm. a story like this. That and it's a good. He's a good mirror to um what the West considered honorable and warfare wise, and what the East found warlike and honorability. Like he is a mirror to that too. Yeah, I guess you. I I guess I just feel like you like. You could tell you. you this story is interesting without him being around. The story it of, is, of Katsumoto is, yeah. and and the struggle of the Last Samurai is is great without him in it. So it's I just I like that it's not a white savior sort of thing, even though many believe it to be. Um Yeah. Yeah, I guess I like that I mean it it, it takes some liberties in its historical accuracy. Yeah. In, it's certainly one of the things that I yeah. would say I disliked about it. You know, like, it but it's, it's certainly it's not, it doesn't claim it's not claiming to be an exact retelling of anything. These aren't real people. Like Katsumoto's yeah. based on a real person, but the rest of them are just sort of you know, it's it's yeah. It's not really it's not a documentary, like so. No, it's not. But like, like it, they also don't go out of the way to say it's it's not a historical thing either. Like, no, but I mean, I don't think they have to. It it it's, sets itself in historical times. So I think, 
I I think they're probably more in the midpoint there. I don't think they're saying, oh, we're not this. They're not also not saying they aren't that. No, you they're know? not, but I don't think they should have to. I think, you know, yeah, even okay. if, if this, if one thing that this movie did was get us to actually learn a little bit about the actual history of it. So I think that's a yeah. good thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. But what I was trying to say was that um, the, the the whole movie just has sort of a, a, a reverence and it. it's romanticized to a, a fairly high degree, but you can tell that it's it took yeah. care in in its kind of conveyance of Japanese heritage. Like yeah, there's um, not there's no there's not a scene in the movie where like the samurai or Japan as a people is kind of mocked in any way. It's like even no. even the bad guys, even like Captain Watts's shit face is like yeah that's a that's a christian name isn't it yeah but he's not he's never <laughs> like he you know it's he's never like these fucking japanese or shit fucking idiots look to stay at him yeah like it's you know they, they really took a great care in that and um i have a passionate love for old man bob the warrior legend of japan yeah we had a nice little uh, skit scene in mind where, um, you know, so you you can tell the story of Bob and we'll just mention well, Bo- the skit scene <laughs> Bob is, <laughs> Bob is, um, because I don't think we actually we learn his actual name, but he's he's an an older samurai warrior who is like tasked with keeping an eye on Nathan Algren and you know yeah. making sure he doesn't do anything stupid and I guess also the reverse and making sure nobody does anything stupid to him and um yeah. he he does how yeah. He yeah he never speaks like he just kind of follows Nathan around and like you know kind of points him in where he's supposed to go and like initially before Tom Cruise learns how to speak the language he kind of just talks at him as a way to vent when he's like frustrated with his his captivity sort of by yeah Katsumoto and he he gives him the name Bob because he can't think of he doesn't know his real name so he just says ah oh, fine yeah. I'm gonna call you Bob do you care of course you don't care your name is Bob whatever. And it's just like <laughs> we we figured that um it, it could the movie was going to turn around at some point and have Bob just turn to Tom Cruise and start talking in English, saying yeah, yeah. Uh, my name is Bob actually <laughs> or something. But he yeah. doesn't. I don't. He yeah, never. No, I, I've spoken English for a long time. Yeah, he never speaks. Yeah. I think the only noise that comes out of his mouth is like in the final battle where he he like throws himself. He's you know, like get down, Mister President style in front of. Nathan Algrant has like saved yeah. his life in the battle and he screams loudly and unfortunately meets his demise. But um but Bob, he dies with honor. Bob is a hero. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Absolutely. Love him. <laughs> um so I mean, yeah. Um is there anything else you liked about it? Or should I hop on a few things? Yeah, about? well I mean there's plenty. Like I think um Tom Cruise is fantastic in this. I think it's a rareish. Well, he's not even the best thing in this. No, but I I think he's it's not a even the best actor. I think. It's a rareish instance that, uh, for most of the movie, I didn't see Tom Cruise. I actually saw the character, whereas a lot yeah. of the time, especially in more recent Tom Cruise movies, it's just Tom Cruise. You can't see him as a character anymore because mm. he's you just see Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. Whereas he was very dedicated to this movie as well. Like, um, he spent two years uh, learning the Japanese language and. You know, their swordsmanship, like he was, dev- and he's devoted to all the roles he does. Like, say what you want about his private life and all this kind of stuff, right? But the man is for his craft, one hundred percent. Like, oh yeah, easily. Like I've I've said this yeah. before off air that it's it's <laughs> I'm fairly certain that because of the level of dedication Tom Cruise gives to 
the type of movies he does now, I'm fairly certain the world is going to wake up some morning to news that Tom Cruise has been killed on the set of a movie. Because he's going to, like, he's getting old, he's getting older, and this shit of, like, hanging off the side of an airplane as it takes off with no safety harnesses or anything and, like, jumping across rooftops and shit. Yeah. It's going to go wrong for him eventually. Like, it already has slightly. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's broken bones yeah, he, constantly. He's got a few he's injuries, like, like ankles snapped and all that yeah, stuff. And yeah, and at the moment, we're still in, like, Jesus Christ. We don't Christ, need to do it, Tom. Amazing. There's entire bloody, like, team. Yeah, of, it's, film team you know, and he's getting older. Surviving. He's getting older, so, like, his body's going to betray him at one of these days. Yeah. And I think or just, him even, and, not, even then. Just him doing it. Something yeah, bad's something's going, going to wrong. Yeah. Him, and, him and Christopher McQuarrie keep working together on these Mission Impossible movies. Like, the next one, like, Tom's going to be strapping a rocket to his back and flying to the moon. Like, it's like... <laughs> I'll do it myself. I'll do it. I don't care. I'll do it. Tom, you're not an astronaut. Oh, I'll learn. Don't you worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I love him. I think he's an amazing person. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I, yeah he's, I like him. In no, his, he's... he's yeah, uh, absolutely. Um... I was supposed to mention a few things I liked. Like, okay, absolutely, Tom Cruise did such a phenomenal job in this. Brilliant acting. Fantastic. But honestly, Ken Watanabe, who plays Katsumoto, uh, yeah. after that movie, I feel honoured by having watched this movie. <laughs> like, yeah, it is a, such yeah. a genuinely good, deep performance. Especially for someone who's never done English acting before on film. Like, he did such a damn good job portraying that, like, lord. But he wasn't just this haughty lord who um, just talked down people. He also got involved in theatre and made silly faces mm-hmm. and cared. You know this man deeply cares about his people and his emperor. Like, this, he's emotive and wise. It's just such a wonderful character. Yeah, I think... I I I mentioned in our Wonder Woman review that get the problem with Gal Gadot's performance in that movie has nothing to do with her accent, and there are plenty of uh, non English speaking or like English isn't their first language actors who are fully capable of acting phenomenally in English, and this is For one example, of those instances. Then, yeah. Ken Watanabe in this movie, he's like he's not. He's he's speaking English, but it's not, you know, he's not crippled by his accent or by having to yeah. speak in a, a in a second language. He's just he's acting, and the language is irrelevant. If anything, it yeah. enhances the experience because we get this um, samurai lord who um, is practicing his English, but he's also extremely elegant. He can probably speak better English than we do at that stage, like you know, yeah. Yeah, and uh, no, just uh, he really was a standoff. And absolutely loved. Uh, second thing, and I think we both highly agree on it: the score of this movie is beyond belief. It is such a beautiful, like the music is just done so so well. Yeah, it's really it's a really beautiful score. I I don't think um, like Hans Zimmer does the score for this as well. Who everybody yeah. can agree is is phenomenal at what he does. I d- I just think it's um it's really really great but it's it doesn't have there's nothing like superbly iconic in it that you would say like it's no real like theme song moment where whereas something like Gladiator has 
Like you'll hear, you can hear a mu- something from Gladiator, and it, it's instantly recognizable as oh, that's the Gladiator song. Mm. It's from Gladiator. I don't think there's anything in this that's like, oh yeah, that's the Last Samurai song. It's you know, it's I really, it's an amazing you, work, but. I think I'm going to disagree with you because the the, the heightened um, music they have during the battle scenes at you know at the like when it comes up to the summit of the scene like like that's very last samurai I could hear that song anywhere and I'd say that's the last samurai. I think probably because you've just watched the movie, you'll recognize it now. But there's not there's no like iconic tune. There is, there is. They have a main theme in it, and it does come up in heightened battle scenes. Yeah, and, and it's, it happens in the movie, the movie but like. outside of the movie, it's not like a well-known, like, oh yeah, that's the Last Samurai song. I think that's more to do with the, like, the Last Samurai not being as much in the spotlight as other movies, rather than the quality of the score. I think the quality of the score really does stand out. I Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think it's a great score. I'm just saying it's it's not like... You're not going to get the Last Samurai Tiesto remix... <laughs> but that's again that's that's more the popularity of the I think this score stands up to um, any score in like Gladiator like oh no it's not it's not a patch on the Gladiator score uh, well, I'll fight you in real life but right, anyway then. doesn't matter <laughs> this is where we agree to disagree I would agree to that um, <laughs> yeah uh, so other things I like lo- I mean the whole world building like the actual Said so, like this one weird thing about this movie, it's filmed in New Zealand. Um, because um, the, the actual places in Japan where this would have been are too um industrialized, too built up, so they wanted a more countryside look and feel to it. And like the you know, filming locations are gorgeous. Um, the buildings they I assume those buildings were probably not made for the movie because. They all seem very high end, top quality sets. Otherwise, the in the village, yeah. Um, don't know to be honest. Yeah, I, I say all interior stuff anyway. What probably existed somewhere already. Um, but yeah. Um, so that's another thing. Uh, just the scenery and the looks. The armor was awesome looking. Um. Yeah, it's it's just a very great movie. I actually I loved like seeing Tokyo and San Francisco, you know, in their time when of when the so- story was set. That was done pretty well. You know, there's a bit of CG going on that's a bit obvious to us these days, but mostly not noticeable, I think. Um yeah, there's maybe I remember maybe one scene where I thought, "Oh, that's that's a, like a green screen or something." When they're walking down the street in San Francisco, was it? Uh, no, it was like right after that when Tom Cruise is on the boat and he's arriving in Tokyo f- for the first time. Fair enough, yeah, okay. Yeah, but look, they, you, we can be snobby about that kind of stuff, but it's just, it's it's of its time, you know. Yeah, I mean, it it, it, it would have looked perfect when it was released, like. Yeah. Yeah, it's like seeing PlayStation 1 graphics and go, oh my God, I can't believe how realistic yeah. this looks. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. Um, that's three things we liked. Uh, well, kind of liked. And uh, now things we disliked. I'm gonna have a hard time with this, but like the first one is probably historical things. They and a little bit how they portray Japan as well. They have this idea that all oh, the samurai, like, oh no, guns are dishonorable, swords are the only honorable way to fight. 
that wasn't really a thing at the time based on a few historical things I read upon. Like they were very willing to take on new weapons. It was more letting cultures in. They were all for building themselves and becoming stronger, more powerful in the outside world, but they didn't want to lose their... Well, the big thing is like these samurais at the time, they were lords and they didn't want to lose that power. They, because the idea was that if industrialization comes in, suddenly everyone is become more equal. You know, you couldn't just put a commoner to death because they dishonored you. You know, everyone's a little bit more equal. And a lot of them were just warlords who were just like, no, we want to continue fighting like we did for the last 900 years. You know, so there was mm. that. So this idea, of, oh, guns are dishonorable. And yeah, I mean, samurai like, sword, that, that's not really. At the time of this true. movie, they hadn't really been fighting, though. For like. You know, for for you and the emperor yeah. had taken over. Yes, that's fair enough. When, like, once Japan was, wanted that, yeah, fighting. like once Japan closed itself off, and the the shogun yeah. and the samurai were in charge for like two hundred years, they didn't really have yeah. much to do because there yeah. wasn't really any. Like nobody was kind yeah. of fighting. There was no wars, just yeah. the odd little battle or put down yeah. something. But yeah, but still, it, that was a big part of their thing. They wanted to hold control of their local constituencies and that kind of stuff. That's all it was really about. And, you know, especially because he said, like, I, my family has kept my land safe for 900 years and now it's being lost. I can understand the frustration of that, like. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think they painted um, Japan to be a little bit um, iconic and its wonderful honor system, that kind of stuff. But really, measuring up to modern days, there was a lot of selfishness there as well and a lot of, like, bigotry and dictatorship basically yeah it's heavily romanticized yeah yeah but it got the spirit right i guess you know what we do what we wanted to see was there so i i'm not going to be too hard on it like you said anyone who watches this movie and decides hey this is obviously saying it's completely historically accurate like that's not there fault it's the, the viewer like don't take your history facts and cultural understandings from fucking movies that's you know yeah like the, you should never really watch a movie that isn't a documentary and like that the like the buy-in of an audience to believe that what they're seeing is is total fact should only exist if you're watching a documentary yeah. you shouldn't you or shouldn't in watch, the movie like, of watching you know. it in that time suspension of disbelief it's gone like and you believe it for that time but don't walk away from it saying like yeah and this general, did you know this general went to Japan? Yeah, and, that's like, the thing. A samurai? You, you don't, don't, don't do that. You don't, shouldn't watch The Last Samurai and suddenly be like, yeah, okay, I know everything about the fucking, the the, the fate of the, the Last Samurai Warriors yeah. in, in Japan in 1872. Yeah. Like, I know it all. That was complete fact. Like, yeah. That's on you, I think. Yeah, that's on them. It's jokey, but a lot of people do. Like, they kind of incorporate it into their general fact. Don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I think that's on them. I don't think that's on the movie. Yeah, you're right, you're right. I, I I agree. And it's, yeah, it's a movie. It's entertainment. Don't get educated. Like, get educated by its themes and talking about morality and philosophy. Yeah, that's what movies are about. They're a discussion of these things. But don't get actual facts here. Um. But yeah, Um. so that would be my only major issue with the movie, I think. Uh, okay. Um... I have a couple of little things. Again, they're not in like it's this is a it's a really good movie, so they're not like there's nothing major about it. I think there's a couple of characters that are just pointless that don't need to be present. 
Billy Connolly's one that we've mentioned already. His his character is not necessary to anything in the movie. Like he's there, he serves a small function in that he's he's the one that like gets Nathan Algren to Japan, but like that could have been anyone. That could have just been could have been the colonel. Could have been colonel. You know, hey, yeah, come back. Oh no, I hate you. We'll give you loads of money. All right, yeah, I'll go. because it's not like you know. It's I don't know. And then he just dies, and it's like it's, yeah. they they kind of make a moment that you think his death is going to be a big thing for for Nathan Algren because he's like yeah. witnesses his death, and he's like, no, Billy or whatever his name is in the movie. Um, and then it's just never mentioned again. <laughs> Like yeah. it's not brought first, up ever. I, I'll be honest, the first time I watched this movie, I kind of expected his character to come up again near the end, thinking that he only got wounded and didn't die or something. Yeah, or at the very least, I thought it would be like, it would have more impact on Nathan. Yeah. To that, you know, he would have to deal with that more like that. Yeah. But it just doesn't. Uh, another yeah. one, though, I, I think um, uh, Tim, uh, Timothy Spall, um, Peter Pettigrew's character, again, like... He's just, he's their translator, like, I guess, when they arrive in Tokyo yeah. first. Again, could have been anyone. Could have just been a Japanese man. They didn't, like, you know, the... Could have been Billy Connolly's character. Maybe he has had yeah, such an exposure like, that he knows a few you different know, Japanese now. Could have been, it could have been anyone. It didn't, you know, t- Timothy Spall is not necessary to the movie either. He's just a he's random... He's kind of like an end movie narrator, a little bit. That's about it. Yeah, and he's supposed to be the one telling the story of Captain Nathan Aldrin or whatever, yeah. which again... No, not necessary. Um, <laughs> and then he was going to scalp me. <laughs> yeah, but like they give you, there's a, there's a, there's an in in, in the movie to say where yeah. the story came from, and that's like Nathan journals every single day. He writes everything yeah, down. Could, he writes down his thoughts, and he, you yeah. know, he keeps a, a log almost of all, all the stuff he's doing and the adventures yeah. that he's having. So you don't really need, like, him. You don't need. Pettigrew to come along and be like, and what happened to Cap to, to the American captain? Some say he lived out. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. just, just I don't know, just a couple of little things like that that I think could have, yeah, made the story cleaner a little bit and maybe shorter even because the movie's long. Shorter, it's quite long, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, there's one thing I mentioned this when we were watching it. There's so when Katsumoto's son is grievously injured when they're trying to escape Tokyo. And yeah, he, they're like, there's a, a scene in it where he's lying on the ground, he's wounded, and he's like, oh no, are they going to save him? And Nathan makes the decision to run back into fire and pull him out of it. And then immediately afterwards, they're like, ah shit, no, he's dead anyway. And he's he just, he ma- like he makes his last stand and it's a nice moment. It just annoys me a little bit when... Yeah. It's like, and I get it, it's like, I guess they were trying to show Nathan is now fully committed to being on the samurai side, but we yeah. already had that solely from the fact that he went back to save Katsumoto in the first place. Yeah. So it's, and just it's also like, like five minutes off the other soldiers suddenly not knowing how to aim properly and then suddenly relearning how to aim. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, just flying that's, all over the place. That's one thing as well that I guess is a bit odd in this movie. It's that like, sometimes bullets are really bad and hurt a lot and kill people and other times they're like like Ujio um the swordmaster like Katsumoto's sword swordmaster like he gets shot like he gets riddled with bullets 
yeah. in the last fight. He gets shot like six times in the chest. He's standing there and he gets keeps getting yeah. shot, shot, and, shot. But he gets shot off his horse. And, like he gets hit like six times, like in the shoulder. He's like fucking fifty cent man. He just gets yeah, riddled yeah. with him, and then tumbles and collapses off his horse. You're like, oh shit, he's dead. And he just like people are trying to help him up, and he just stands up and slaps with their hands like, no, nah, I'm good. I can st- <laughs> I can keep going, and you're like, you just got sh- like what? And then there's other times where like. Somebody gets shot, like, the kid gets shot, like, wherever. He gets shot once, and then you think he's dead. And then he's like, nah, I ha- I still have a bit in me. And he just, like, <laughs> turns the corner and starts flinging arrows everywhere and, like, charging in. So yeah. it's, like, sometimes unrealistic in that. And, it, you know, it's it's fine. I'm not really going to care too much about it's it. It's how to balance out the fact that they still want to show these samurais being very strong and w- capable Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 again, it's, like, the, it's, it's kind of the same as the historical parts yeah. of it you know it's you, I mean, you dispense with that in slow service movie if just every bullet killed a samurai straight off just like dead <laughs> like, i will fight on oh no he's gone all right bye now you know yeah it's just yeah i mean it's just a different story it's kind yeah. of you have to sacrifice that kind of ultra realism yeah. sometimes in service of what you're trying to say but yeah exactly i mean it's like playing like games like call of duty you know you should be able to yeah. if you shot once you're kind of out you should be able to like hide behind a bush for like two minutes and like reheal yourself and then go back out you know yeah. everyone yeah. in Call of Duty has the super soldier serum like yeah <laughs> but um yeah so um yeah that's that's a fairly decent point but again it's actually it's a necessity that they did those things and I think we understand why that was chosen as a path Except, like, the characters you mentioned. Like, the characters have no real purpose. Yeah, that's kind of why I was asking, was Billy Connolly, a, like, was he a big name at this? Like, was he... I'm trying to think of what was. else. What, wasn't he... He was in Lemony Snicket's around the same time as this, I think. That was, like, 2004, yeah. so... Well, I think oh, that was, was probably he... when he was trying to get into acting more. He, like, he, everyone knows him as being a comedian, like, you know. He's he's a very famous comedian. Yeah, I don't know. I just... I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll go on to RJ's as much and go. What's your Jesus moment on? Um, I, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's one, there's one that's kind of a small thing, and it was literally just there's like a really gory moment in the final battle where a dude's face gets <laughs> sliced in half, and it was yeah. very like whoa. <laughs> But it kind of came out of nowhere. It wasn't just like, oh Jesus, all right, this is kind of movie now. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Not that there's not there's no gore in it up to that point, but this was just very like Jesus Christ that happened. But I guess uh, I don't know. It's maybe the f- in the first meeting with the emperor when Nathan and the colonel first arrive in Tokyo and they go to see the emperor. And he's kind of sitting, He's you know, they're not allowed to see his face and they're told they're not allowed to look him in the eyes and they have to bow and all this kind of shit. And he's, he's like sitting in a throne kind of shrouded in shadow so you don't know what he's like. Yeah. And then he steps out of the shadows for the first time and you, the first time you see him and you instantly is like, Jesus, he's very young. Yeah, he, he's like, he's he's like a, 19. He's, like, he's a like child. He, like he's a, yeah, yeah. he's very, he's a kid. And yeah. I guess it's maybe that, and it's kind of, I think, thinking back on it, was kind of a, a nice, it's a subtle kind of a way of kind of putting it into an audience's mind that maybe this emperor isn't 
the living god, like super great leader that the samurai are like that Japan are presenting him as to the to the rest of the world. Yeah, if they if he had been like an older man or an actor that we recognize or something, it it would become difficult or more difficult later in the movie to believe (laughs) that he's being like manipulated or living in fear of his own counsel and just kind of yeah. doing what he can to keep them happy so they don't like get rid of him or something. Yeah. So that was, I thought it was a nice little moment. My ah Jesus moment would be <laughs> I mean it it's it's a lot of the battle scenes. It's a lot how like all the samurai built like super soldier people where they get shot and wounded so many times and i suppose there is still a point to be made that you know the guns that were used were a little bit on the lower scale of damage as they are nowadays because even modern bullets can rip they're they're made to like twist and rip flesh whereas these were just like just punching in chunks of lead into people like um but we see that it does still do damage you you know we see tongue character at the end he's hobbling along towards the emperor you know that's the thing and he he's clearly wounded for life and he'll probably just retire in that village so i guess that's the biggest jizz moment there there's a point actually i i don't understand why tom cruise is a free man at the end of it because he's the emperor likes him but he's not even in he's just he's, he's just walking around this, this is the first time clearly the emperor's like what the hell there everyone's like oh he's here what the hell it's like, what happened to him between the battle in that moment? Surely he should have been fucking arrested or something. Maybe there was just that. Maybe I, I imagine it's probably some sort of Japanese respect thing. Maybe because he wasn't actually a samurai. He wasn't really. He wasn't yeah, really part of the samurai uh, cast. That's pretty much the most RJ's moment. Because it, and it's not like a. Uh, it's not a surprise RJ's. It's it's not. Uh, like oh jeez, it's like uh, oh, fed up with this kind of stuff. It's it's the closest thing to Ajay. It's more like oh okay, they can keep surviving after a good few hits there. That's a bit silly, but at the same time, you know whatever. Um, it 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 made the movie cooler and better than it would have been if they all were just down with like one bullet at a time. Mm-hmm. So that's my Ajay's moment. I suppose we'll go into our final thoughts. <laughs> Yes, Mr. Frodo. It's over now. Last thoughts. That like this is a movie I've watched probably four or five times in my life. I'll probably watch another four or five times before I don't live, I guess, is the way to finish that sentence. <laughs> Ominous. <laughs> but look, it's just a fantastic movie to return to. It's you know, made well, it looks great, characters are sincere and likable. Um, it's a little bit cartoony without being too cartoony. Obviously everyone involved cared about the production in a big way. I would always recommend it. I don't think it's a white savior movie. Obviously, as two white people, we are the authority on that. <laughs> to declare it's a white you know that's that's you know that, that's it comes down to us to make these decisions yes but i don't really see it as a white savior um movie i think it's 
just a really good time movie. Watch it, enjoy it. You know, feel a bit glorious seeing some of the battles and the honor. It kind of because in a lot of ways it kind of lets you pretend a little bit that you are part of that, like that you can hold those morals and honor systems and respect them and maybe even play with the idea yourself. And you watch these movies because that's what we do when we watch movies like Gladiator. It's not just that we're watching a really cool story, but we like to imagine there's a little bit of us that would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know? They're, they're, it's escapist. Um, any last thoughts, Owen? Uh, yeah, I think it's a really great movie. Um, I think, I like, if I was to compare it to other movies of its ilk, I don't think it's the best one. I think it's it's really good and... It's an enjoyable watch. I think it gets a. I think it gets a reputation it doesn't quite deserve, in some elements. You know, in the in the like, the white savior thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's really good, and I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, uh, I definitely say if you haven't watched it, treat yourself. It's a good time. Um, it's on Netflix in Ireland. It's in a few other. N- streaming services around the globe and I'm sure you can probably buy a DV for like a year of it somewhere. <laughs> like um but yeah um so yeah that's our episode for today. Um shall we give them a clue or just tell them outright what we're watching next week? Next episode we got a request from a listener from our number one fan. A big fan of ours. Thank you very much, Ricky. We are going to do New Mutants. Yes. Um, I haven't watched it yet at all. I, I have Owen seen has it. has watched it. I, have, I went to see it in yeah. the cinema. Uh, we won't give out. our opinion. He won't give his opinion just yet. But I think a lot of you probably know his opinion already. But never mind that. <laughs> but look, we'll watch it next week, uh, next episode. And we'll give it a fair whack. And we'll give it our honest opinion, as usual. And um, folks, it has been as great as it always has here i'm i'm going to give a bit of a push for the next few episodes uh why don't you like our posts give us a comment and please do share to let this thing grow because we really would like to see more people get involved it was great to have ricky um comment and we just like to see more people get involved to make this thing better because we can do as much as we can but without an interactive audience it can't really grow much beyond that. And we would like to see it grow, wouldn't we, On? Yeah. <laughs> Very passionate uh, plea there by Owen. <laughs> and anyway, folks, uh, this has been um, The Last Samurai by Shores Lee Grant. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>